it's so important as an employee right now, you have to think about the survival of the company because the survival of the company will result in you still being employed in six months. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jason Campbell, your host for Superhuman at Work. I am bringing you back a very important guest given our situation in the world. And interestingly enough, the last time we had a conversation, we talked about why you need to consider remote work as part of your work arrangement in a current situation. This was recorded back in November last year. I am bringing back Liam Martin to kind of see what's happening with the world of the workplace. Why is remote work such a necessity and how lucky we are in today's technology to be able to do so? And a bit more discussions on what's happening right now that can be relevant for anybody who is working within their company for a small business, whether it's large, big, or independently. We're going to touch on a lot of different topics, but really just bring more conversations around this whole idea. Now, Leon Martin is the co-founder of Time Doctor and Staff.com. His platform and his focus is all about educating and providing the right tools for people to work remotely as small, medium, and large enterprises. And during this time, it is a very interesting time to be in his industry. And I know he's been doing a ton of initiatives to educate and support the public in this time of transition. And this is really where we're going to be taking the conversation during this session. Liam, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for the intro, Jason. I wish it was under better circumstances. I agree. And from what I understand, we've been having a quick conversation before we hit the record button here, but you've been quite busy. And I'd be kind of curious to know from your perspective, what have you been seeing in this shift? I mean, it sounds like everybody needs to work from home. What does that mean for a lot of companies? Is this good? Is this bad? What's, what's going on in your world? So it's bad, but it's also good. If I could kind of define a silver lining on that, it's going to improve people's lives once this entire pandemic is over. Most people, I think the exact number from the data set that I got, the Buffer remote work report, 96% of people that work remotely or have their first experience working remotely don't go back to an office environment. And so we're going to see a huge shift, I think, within the next two to three years of people that are going to get a taste of working remotely. They're going to recognize that they don't need to actually keep those office leases, that those are actually a real restrictor towards their P&L, and they're going to get rid of those costs, and they're going to move to a remote-first model. So that's kind of the positive side that I see. The negative side, obviously, is a lot of people are being forced into this situation right now. And one of the things that I want to tell people is it's not as bad as you think it is. Working remotely is actually really positive. Most people find it as a fantastic experience, and we need to focus on that part. And what I'm currently doing over the last couple of weeks has just been educating people on how to work from home and how to do it well so that they don't run into the pitfalls of not knowing what's happening and not being able to communicate effectively across remote teams. Remote companies are definitely different in the way that they communicate versus on-premise teams. So without knowing those, you won't be able to really get yourself through this rough time. It's interesting because we spoke about how this was going to be an inevitable shift over the years. We knew this was going to happen. We knew that some companies were already recognizing the need for remote work. Yet in this particular situation, now as everybody's been forced to do so, 
I feel like some companies are more prepared than others. And I was going to say, like, from your perspective, what is happening? What do companies that are more prepared have in common to facilitate remote work? And why is it that some companies are struggling and what are they missing to kind of facilitate this remote work? The biggest barriers that people have towards remote work is communication and process documentation. If I can get super tactical with everybody. So I've been doing presentations now. What do you need to do today? What do you need to do next week? And what do you need to do next month? And I think that's a really good way to kind of define if you're right now thinking to yourself, I need to deploy remote immediately. That's a great way to kind of crystallize the conversation. So what do you need to do today? You need to be able to assess your P&L. So where can I start to do cuts? Can I negotiate with the lease agreements that I currently have now? And can I figure out whether or not maybe I can get out of those, some of those lease agreements? Or is your lease on renewal in the next two to three months? Take a look at that. Look at your contracts. Get your lawyers involved. Secondarily, how can I mitigate other costs? I've spoken to people right now that have taken an 80 to 90% cut to their business. And that is something that is disastrous for a ton of different businesses. So Take that assessment, figure out where you're currently at. If you need to cut people, you need to do it right now. Make sure that they've got the EI programs, you know, employment insurance programs that you can hopefully get to them right now so that you can survive this. Because I think in reality, you have to expect this to probably run for six months. So just to kind of get people's heads around that, think of a six month kind of winter, right? Winter is coming as Game of Thrones tells us it's here right now. That's day one. And then also, obviously, deploy the tools. So Zoom, Slack, Twist, process documentation, take a look at Trainual. I have a whole bunch of information on that. We can link to my YouTube channel where we talk about absolutely everything you could possibly think of with regards to remote tools. It's a relatively high level, but we definitely, in the next couple of days, will be putting more kind of approachable content for Remote Work 101 in there. Then it's next week, right? So then it's like, okay, let's focus on communication. I'm sure, well, you've worked in an office, Jason. I know you, you do work in an office. And there is no, can I have a minute attacks in remote work? Can I have a minute? Can I have a minute? Those don't exist. So what you need to be able to do is actually be very specific about communication. You have to schedule communication inside of remote teams. So that means setting up Google Calendar invites, setting up Zoom calls, getting everyone on video. I have something I like to call the hierarchy of communication, which is basically in-person beats video, video beats audio, audio beats instant messaging, and instant messaging beats email. As you move up the chain, you become more synchronous, meaning there's higher level of communication that can happen faster. And as you move down the chain, it's more asynchronous. You generally want to be able to move up into the synchronous side of the spectrum. Also, just all of the nonverbal communication that occurs in person some of that you're not going to pick up. So it's important to like put people on video as an example so you can see where people's heads are at. The next month thing is the one that's even more difficult. I think that's entirely connected to people's mental health. A month from now, we're still going to be working from home. A lot of people will be forced to not leave their homes. And that's where we are going to have to be checking in with everyone that we're working with, making sure we know where their heads are at, do they need something? Can you help them get something that would reduce their anxiety by 10, 20%? That's really what our jobs are as business owners and as managers and leaders is to be able to make sure that everyone is working efficiently. And then the last point, which is kind of just a little addition on top of that, you need to be able to deploy mitigation strategies inside of your business. 
Expect 20% of your employees at any one point could be sick for weeks. Also expect that some of those people may have what I like to call sacred knowledge. So it's something that's absolutely critical to the business that one person knows. If Jason knows how to do payroll and he's the only guy that can do payroll for everybody and all of a sudden Jason is quite sick and he can't get to his computer, we can't do payroll. So you need to do an audit like that as well to be able to figure out exactly what everyone is doing and remove that sacred knowledge. You know, this is such a powerful framework, Liam. This is why I love having you on the call because you're so tactical and precise. And obviously, this is not the first time you're communicating these protocols. And one thing I feel fascinated about is this whole idea that process documentation is now the conversation you're having, which it seems to me like every company should have taken this as a step that is so essential to grow, to scale. And now it seems like people just don't have the luxury of relying on quote unquote superstars that you could just kind of get around. They kind of operate a black box of operations. But now as this is going to have so many different transformations, these black boxes are not sustainable anymore. And it's because of this environment that now we kind of face reality that this process documentation should have been happening a long time ago. What do you say to someone that's kind of operating from a fear-based mentality? Like let's say I'm an employer, I'm Jason Campbell, I'm working in an office and maybe there's things that I have the perception that I'm doing that I feel makes me indispensable. And in this kind of environment where everyone's being afraid and let's say I would take a position saying, oh my God, I'm afraid of losing my job. I better not tell anybody that I'm operating this black box. So that's why I'm indispensable. Is there like a counter argument that you tell the people who might have that mentality so that everyone kind of understands why process documentation is so critical? I think that that's a really dangerous mindset to have. I can understand that people are scared right now. I can understand that employees are scared right now. But the reality is, is if you are not taking that sacred knowledge and sharing it with others, it could result in the company no longer functioning. Super critical. And there are various options that you can work with. We use Google Apps for business, right? So you have these cloud documents that you can share. You can start with that for free. Another really great one is about.gitlab.com slash handbook. That is the largest singular remote work process document on planet Earth. It's 3,200 pages. It's completely open source. And GitLab actually encourages you to just fork it. So you can literally build your own process document. They have everything there for you that you could possibly want. Go through that document, pick out what you want, deploy it yourself. And then if you want more of an advanced tool, I would suggest you check out Trainual. It is a paid tool, obviously, but that's one that's really great if you want to get very serious about this and build out all those processes. But yeah, it's so important as an employee right now, you have to think about the survival of the company because the survival of the company will result in you still being employed in six months. And one thing that I know we were discussing just before the call that I find is so important in these times more than ever as well is that there's a lot of things we can do as individuals, even beyond the company that we work with, to kind of help each other out. And I know like one of the great things for supporting ourselves mentally, both professionally, mentally, and personally, is just understanding what are the ways that we can find ourselves in a better state mentally. And I know there's a lot of things that we're going to need and that we can do to actually just help each other out. And so I'd love for you to kind of tell us more about like, what does that look like? What are the initiatives we can take so that we can actually be in a better position and stop maybe getting dragged into this kind of crazy mentality that's fear-based and kind of defensive-based and make us a bit more open and supporting each other through these unprecedented times? I'm saying don't panic, but take action. So I think that's exactly what everyone should be doing. And when you look at international disasters or national disasters, actually, any 
earthquake, war, those types of things. The people that are frozen in place are usually the people that are in the worst position. The people that are mindful and thinking, what am I doing next? Those are the people that usually fare the best in those types of situations. So it's really important that you, again, assess where you're currently at. What are the damages, right? Let's say you get hit by a car. It's exactly the same thing. Don't move. Assess where you're currently at. What are the problems? Does everything function? Can I still be operational over the next minute, hour, day? Secondly, what things do I need to do to actually solve any of those problems that I currently have? So that means, unfortunately, making some difficult decisions. But I think for the survival of the business, it's absolutely critical to do that. So what do I need to cut? How can I be operational in the next six months? And then the third thing is, then can I move towards sustainability? So can I make sure that everyone is operational? The levels of anxiety are understandably going to be high, but we need to be able to hopefully reduce those as much as humanly possible. And, and that's the most that I can really give people right now. We're in uncharted territory. This has never happened. I mean, the last time this happened was 1918. None of us were around at that point, and it's a completely new playbook. So important for everybody to also kind of take this a step at a time. For us, even, we're just thinking to ourselves, how can we help people work from home? That's the next two weeks because everything that we do over the next two weeks and honestly, hourly and daily, because everything that we do can flatten that curve, remove the amount of infections that are currently occurring, slowing down the expanse of the virus. Then after that, we don't know what we're going to do next. (laughs) To be completely honest with you, that's probably where we're at right now. I mean, by the time we got this out and everybody's listening, we don't even know because it takes a few days to produce these podcasts. So we're doing our best to stay up to date with the information that is most relevant for you. And this is really what we want to bring to you for superhumans at work. We just want to bring these conversations so you can start thinking more strategically. And I just love how Liam just laid everything out from a perspective of the short, medium, and a little longer term. The fact is, is the long, long term is still such an unknown for everybody. And I wanted to kind of go back to this working from home idea. I know for me, I actually spoke about my experience working from home. I know the ideas of setting boundaries and time boundaries, space boundaries with regards to understanding what is on work, what is off work. Do you have any personal recommendations that you give into companies when it comes to setting those kinds of boundaries? Sure. Biggest one is mental health, right? So you need to be able to make sure that you can work remotely in a sustainable fashion. And The biggest suggestion that I can make to people is, number one, if you have your own space, so if you have your own office, it's going to be a lot easier. But tell everyone inside of your home that you're living with, you need to respect that space. When I go into that office and I close the door, I am now working. Consider me 10,000 miles away. I am not currently here with you. The second thing, if you don't have an office, Get a space that's inside of your living room or inside of your bedroom or something like that, a small desk. When I was working remotely way back in the day, I had a certain spot on my couch and I mentally locked myself into only working in that spot. So if I got like a social call, like if you were to call me just to say, hey, what's up? I would get out of that spot and I would take the call that way. And that's a really good way to kind of almost pull your mind out of I'm going into work mode versus social mode. When you interact with other people inside of your home, the gotta minutes that are not work related, right? You're going to get the gotta minutes, but they're going to be from your, your wife, your husband, your brothers and sisters, you know, your parents, those types of things. You need to be able to mentally disconnect from those and make sure that those are social and they're not work related. So drawing those boundaries are absolutely critical. 
It's so funny you mentioned that because I had a similar issue when I was running my own company and I was in real estate. And the first office that I'd set up, I had actually set my desk to be right next to my bed in my bedroom. And to me, that was a big no-no. I ended up just not being able to draw boundaries between my rest time and my work time. I actually hit a depression. It was caused by stress. I couldn't go to bed because I always felt like there was something more that needed to be done. And I think a lot of people during these transition times, especially, there's so much workload that has been thrown on. There's so many new things to learn and it causes even more anxiety. And if you don't have a space where you can disconnect, kind of recharge, and then know that there's a space that you work, for me, it completely didn't work. I basically set my home office that I'm doing right now. It's outside of the bedroom. It is this dedicated desk. I'm learning on what does it mean to set boundaries. And I'm also testing like, okay, if I'm in the living room, am I intruding on the boundaries of other people's living space and their lives? And so I'm trying to see what if I move it to a different bedroom that's not mine, that's a corner that's not being used so that at least I can do the same thing as you mentioned, which is kind of changing into the state of work mode in a shifted space. And I found that super valuable. And I think a lot of other people are going to be learning that quite fast. (laughs) Yeah, the other thing that's important to recognize is your mental stability and your mental health, number one, is really difficult for you to self-measure. So I use something called the five-minute journal. And inside of that journal, you'll actually say, like, how good do I feel today on a score of five or ten? And that's actually a really good way to measure where you're going because it's almost like the frog in the pot where you'll just start to, maybe you're not exercising, you're slowing down, right? Like most gyms are closed right now in North America. You won't be able to get access to that type of physical activity it's going to have a toll on you mentally. But you need to be able to measure that and recognize where those changes occur so that you can be a lot more mentally stable because it will sneak up on you. Depression sneaks up on you. It is not something that just you wake up one day and say, I'm depressed. It is a very slow process that takes weeks to months. And you're usually not aware of it until it's too late. No, I'm somebody who used to love going out to go to the gym. Now I'm redesigning a lot of my own home routines. And actually, I'll I'll make a quick mention for those listening. You definitely want to look at the masterclass we did with Ben Greenfield around the longevity blueprint because it talks about all the activities that you can do physically and so many of them are applicable to be done from home. And to me, this is something I need to bring back into my life. I'm currently just transitioning all my workouts into at-home workouts just so I can get some movement in to maintain that mental health because I understand how important that is. Liam, like I love how much of a wealth of information you are when it comes to remote work. I know that you have so many tools that support people doing that. You're building a bunch of resources. I also wanted to kind of close it off because I know you're working on this amazing project, which is in collaboration, I believe, with the Red Cross, creating some donations. I kind of wanted you to share a bit more about what you're doing there and how people can support as well. Sure. So in terms of remote aid, so if you just go to runningremote.com, you'll be able to see the event that we are currently running. And we were running a physical event the largest conference on remote work. And like everyone else, we got canceled. So we are instead deciding to turn lemons into lemonade and we're running an online event. So we're bringing all of the people that we've been inviting to running remote over the last couple of years that are all experts and operators inside of building and scaling remote teams. And we're just going to put that online. It's completely free. If you'd like to donate to the Red Cross, you absolutely can. But if you want the information for free, you can get it. And that's for us, the best thing that we can do right now is just provide that type of education. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, you're probably in the one day to one week stage at this point. Within 30 days, we're actually going to be running that event. So hopefully that's where you can kind of take a pause and really sort of sit down and refine your operations. That's the best place to do it. 
Liam, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to come and discuss a bit what's happening within the world, especially with working remotely, working from home. Your insights are so rooted in experience. You've been doing this for years. You've been advocating working remotely for years. And now as everybody goes through it, it's amazing to have you available to share some of the insights that people need to transition into in a very rushed fashion. So if you were paying attention throughout this entire session, really there's a short, immediate thing that you need to shift for yourself as a business owner to mitigate these expenses, to look at your P&Ls, to be scrutinizing that. And as a personal employee, I would say you might want to do that in your personal life as well. And then as you're transitioning into remote work, look at the technologies that support the things that you're going to need to operate, over-communicate, talk about how you can bring those different layers of communication that were shared from the email moving all the way to video conferencing if the face-to-face cannot happen. And then obviously over the long term, you're going to want to make sure that people are working on documenting their processes. It's so important, not just because you have to work remotely, but as a company that's going to scale, become more efficient, become more effective, document your processes and do what your documentation says. I know I'm personally training so many people at Mind Valley to be able to remove what I call the black box of operation, which is just this press a button and it seems to come out because a superstar is in place, but instead bringing it out into a process that anybody can jump in and help. And this is really going to help mitigate the risk of anybody being sick that kind of controls the process. All of this are super useful things and ensuring keep your mental health in check. Do the exercise, keep up the routines, try to get a breath of fresh air. If you're able to go outside and just get that breath of fresh air, learn to set some proper boundaries within your home, know what work time is, know when off time is, and try to make the most out of the situation. There is a silver lining. When everything gets back to normal, you might find yourself being able to be fully equipped to work from home when you choose to. And this is going to be a powerful liberty that we're going to get as a benefit of this experience. And as we're going through this experience, there's so many things we got to learn. And we're going to continue having these kinds of conversations with extraordinary people like Liam Martin. And do have a look at the link that I'm posting in the show notes so that you can look at the full event that talks about working from home, where you can even donate to the Red Cross. It's going to be an amazing event. Definitely check this out. Liam, once again, thanks for taking a few minutes and everybody tuning in. Let us know other content that you want us to cover during these unprecedented times by leaving us some reviews, connecting with us directly. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Jason. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.